Hello, everybody! My name is Andrew. I'm Mark. And you are listening to Television Movie Night. Here. Today. Whenever you're listening to it. Right now. Right now. Yeah, right now. Mark, it is another beautiful week here in sunny Los Angeles, California. It is. Just spring ahead? Something happened. Some Something S- happened. Something, I don't know. Something happened. The, um... It rained last week. It did rain. The Oscars were a while ago. Yeah. Uh, last had, year. We had our famous Oscar predictions episode. I think everybody tuned in for it. <laughs> yes. We all guessed that, um, you know. Brooklyn was going to sweep it. I, I picked Gladiator again. I just thought, I thought, they're, they're, I, I was, it could go for two Pete. Yeah. Why not? You know? Dynasty. Dynasty film. I, I know. I, it's just, you just put it back up again. Yeah. See it for the first time again in stunning 3D. It's a shame 3D releases don't get re-releases, <laughs> don't get counted. Wouldn't that be great? Jurassic Park goes up again. We did it again. <laughs> yeah. One more time. That's, that is a shame. Uh, yeah. It is uh, March. You know what they say about March. Uh, Pi Day is tomorrow. Yeah. That's what they say about it. Yeah. <laughs> they say, beware the Ides of Pi, Pi Day, Day in the middle <laughs> of the month. Uh, we all know this. We all know this. Mark, how you doing? How's your, how's your, uh, how's your week going? You're, you're, uh, you're in between gigs right now. Very much so. Very much so. Very much so in between gigs. If you have anything for Mark, I will, I will, I will spare you the indignity of firing up the Unemployment Express. That's very polite of you. Thank you. <laughs> um, how's it going? How, what are you doing with your free time? I have a foot injury. I I saw that. Yeah, I, out on the IR. Yeah, you're on the injured reserve right now. I'm on the IR. Yeah, my day to day is the prognosis. My foot hurt. Just started hurting. <laughs> Just one day. Yeah. Basically, I got out of bed, and I stepped on the ground. That was your first mistake, getting in, out of bed. Yeah, in a normal fashion. And I was like, ah, this hurts. And like I couldn't stand on it. And then I went to the doctor, and they were like, yeah, you got like tendonitis in your foot, man. And I was like, well, I didn't do anything. I didn't drop anything on it. And they're like, yeah, but... I don't know. You're like pretty close to 30, so... So this like, happens. Yeah, this is what this is what we in the medical yep. community call you being a big pissy baby about things that just happen to the body. Uh, they were like, yeah, ba- they were, I wasn't being a big pissy baby. They were just well, like, no, get hold, used hold, to it. Hold on a second, Mark. If were you awake, yeah, then you were a big pissy baby. Oh. <laughs> That's part of your charm, of course. <laughs> Uh, so they said, this, this is what happens. And I was like, well, what's going to happen in like 10 years? And they're like, they're like, probably both foot. You watch the movie. This is 40. And you say, I can really relate. Finally. (laughs) Finally. Uh, yeah, they just told me what movies I'll be watching from now on. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you parenthood. Uh, this is 40. They, they said, Um, they said, I'm going to skip right to, because I said so starring, uh, oh, Mandy Moore. Good, good. About a college-age daughter who leaves her single mother's home, something oh, like that. Okay, okay, that that makes sense. Uh, what uh, what did they end up doing for your foot, though? They charged me for a boot thing. Sure. That I have to wear. Um, 
And that is only to prevent me from breaking my toes because when I was walking, I was shifting weight onto my other toes. And they're mm-hmm. like, if you keep doing that, there's a good chance you'll just break those next. I would have just told them I'm just going to wear extra socks. It's like, I got socks. I'll just I'll put just on a couple of pairs of another, socks. Another pair of socks. Uh, yeah. I don't charge you for the boot. I don't need that. But it's um, it's embarrassing. It's it's sad to like, like I'm hobbling down the street because I park like two <laughs> blocks up from you. And then I'm just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> guy on a rascal scooter passing you in yeah. the shoulder just going eh, if you're gonna just, just slower traffic to the right yeah it's 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 embarrassing it's embarrassing um how long do you have to wear the boot until the end of this month so i, I have to go until back on time <laughs> yeah i have to go back on april 1st and they'll take another x-ray I'll and say, say jokes on you you broke your other foot. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're gonna have to take the foot. It's well, it's either you can you can limp on it, or we just take the foot we'll off and give you a foot. new robotic foot. Robo foot. That's a shame. Does yeah. that make you more hesitant, knowing that your birthday is in a few months? Yeah, it's all terrible. It's all terrifying. Isn't yeah, it? I hate it all. It's the fucking worst. Um. Yeah. A lot of like the drumbeat of time comes for us all. And, um, you know, you're able to distract yourself when you're working, but when you're like frequently unemployed the way that we are often for long stretches, you're just like, what the fuck am I doing? What was the point of any of this? Injuring my foot, apparently. Yeah. That's, that's what I did. I put it on my to-do list. <laughs> Things to do well. Got this punch out list. Of work. Got this punch list. Let's see. Clean out a pantry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, let's goodwill. Go. Yep. Yep. Um, Look into renter's insurance. And then what's this done? Oh, break foot. Got break, it. Okay. Break got my it. own damn foot. Got it. Okay. Well, I got this hammer here, oh, so let's okay. just go ahead and knock this out. Well, it's, it's not even like, ugh, it's so embarrassing because it's not, it's not like I was playing basketball and I landed on it weird. It's not like I was moving and I dropped something on it. It's not like I was shooting up heroin and I missed a vein and got my tendon instead. As far as we know. As far as As far as you're willing to admit on this podcast. Right. It's just, I got up and my foot was like, what are we, 30? Close enough. Yeah, let's break this shit. Shut it down. Shut it the fuck down, everybody. Well, I I mean, it's probably, if I had to take a guess, not only is it age, but it's probably also a... um, build up of fiercely sedentary lifestyle well i mean there's there's that but also it's probably some combined damage over the years that you were overly active in college and in high school right you ran track you did crew yes i did a ton of stuff back then that has like my my left hip is bad Mm -hmm. from all of that Mm -hmm. but that's something i've just always had and i'm like well i know what it is but this yeah it's possible It's, it's possible that it's just build up over time i mean you know you could go back <laughs> you could go back and forth and saying like well you know you'd you'd done the work on it and then because you'd fallen off maybe if you had continued or done so you know it's like either yeah. it would happen sooner or you would have built up to it I don't, I don't know i don't know what the response is but it's not like these things just happen happen there's probably some catalyst for it probably yeah i th- well i was the other thing is right before it happened when I was, I had a job where for the f- kind of the first time that I've had a job where I was dedicated to sitting for 10 hours. I'm always dedicated to sitting, Mark. <laughs> yeah, but it's my passion, Mark. Most, most really, jobs, I've told, I've told everyone this. You have said this. I'm dedicated <laughs> to this 
particular action. Yeah. We do not sit, sit because it's easy. We sit because the chair is there. I am dedicated. Um, I went to the rededication ceremony as well. There was a ribbon there cutting. There was a ribbon cutting on the chair on I was going to put my big fat ass in. Well, it was another chair because you were seated, so you leaned. <laughs> I had to roll up next to it <laughs> and lean hat. into it. And then Someone had to physically pick me up off the, and the cushion. Of the that was, yeah, well, the cushion is Had to more, remain yeah. molded to my butt, and then they set me <laughs> yeah, into I'm the new one, and one. I said, I'll see you in 10 years, everyone. <laughs> we're doing it. Balloons and all sorts of stuff, and then I was like, I was like, I ran out of chips. And you're like, get out! Everybody, get out! Can you get this one? Doesn't have this chair doesn't have wheels like the other one did. Can I? Can someone refresh my chips? Like the other chair more. Actually, I would, I would like to go back to the other chair, please. Say, wheel it away, and I said, I made a huge mistake. But you know, I've, I've, I made my chair, and I'm sitting in it. Uh, but you said, go on, I'm sorry, dedicated to... Yeah, most jobs that I have, like, I get breaks every once in a while, so I get to get up and leave. But this was, for this one, I was just sitting for 10 hours they the whole time. They didn't give you a break? I could have taken breaks as much as I wanted, but I was working in the middle of the night, and it's like, where am I going to go? Yeah. Because usually I get up and I walk around. I walk a lot. I walk the, you know, like, the lot where I'm shooting, or I go to the crafty room or like bullshit and bother people. Mm-hmm. But with this, it's like I'm by myself in a building. So I'm either going to sit here or I'm going to sit over there. Andrew, what are we talking about today? Oh my God. We're talking about so much. We're talking about TV movie night where you and I, Mark have watched one television movie. Yes. That we are going to discuss at length, try and figure out what's going on. Why did this air? What's happening? <laughs> This week, Mark, we watched a cinematic classic from the year 1995 entitled Deadly Whispers. Starring Tony Danza, Ving Rames, and the woman from Kindergarten, Kindergarten Cop. Cop. That is correct. Pamela Reed. Yes. Tony Danza is an overprotective father. Sometimes I fear you're wasting your life with some bad choices. Devastated by a grisly murder. Young white female. She shot at close range. And a shocking accusation. Your husband killed your daughter. What happens when the person you love is also the one you fear? I think I could do something like that. Thing Rames, Pamela Reed. I was supposed to keep my kids safe. Deadly Whispers. Mark, what did you think, based on the trailer, that Deadly Whispers was going to be about? I thought the Deadly Whispers was going to be about a... Southern husband, played by Tony Danza, whose daughter goes missing, and everybody in the town assumes that he did it, and the wife has to has to struggle with this problem. Can she trust her husband? Does he know if he did it? Uh, so I thought it was going to be much more of a lifetime, in that vein of like lifetime women in danger mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. So I thought... Daughter dies or goes missing within the before the first commercial break. Within the first fifteen minutes was my thought. Okay. Rest of the movie is: is she in danger? Is she not in danger? Midway point, she finds out that he did kill her, and then she's on the run for the last or end of the end of the second act. The last last thirty last thirty minutes, she's on the run. That's sure. what I was thinking. Okay, all right. Tony Danza does a bad Southern accent. 
and there were a lot of deadly whispers. Yeah, everybody in the town is like, you can't trust him. You know he's a drinker. I was you know he ho- used to beat them. I was just hoping they were just all just very... Did you, did you see what he did? Did you see him? Did you see what he did? That's the whole. That's the whole movie. What if the whole, or what if they were literally deadly whispers? What if you wake oh, up? Oh, when you whisper at someone, they die. No, you wake up. At, you wake up in the middle of the night and you hear, and you're like, "What the?" And so you step outside and like he's like, Who, "Who's out there? Who's talking?" And like, and then he takes a step and he steps on the kid's skateboard. Skateboard goes down the stairs. Oh, breaks his neck. Okay, all right. I. How about where you? If you go to a certain part of the woods and you like whisper into a specific cave, like whatever you whisper comes true, and, that would be good. And and like the wrong, it fall, that information falls into the wrong hands, and they're like, "I want the mayor dead," or some like four six fourteen year old goes in there, and he's like boobies, exactly, and then and the like caves starts lighting up. Well, the caves like, can you be more specific? <laughs> <laughs> Two of them. Gonna need more. I, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, that's a broad spectrum. <laughs> I don't. Do it's you, a broad spectrum. Do you want boobies? Do you not want boobies? I don't know what that means. What do you, just, just do boobies. Just do boobies. <laughs> do boobies. <laughs> I want boobies. Stop. Uh, oh, all right. All right. Here we go. Well, not giving me a lot here, kid. <laughs> okay. All right. Just, all right. Don't come back to me and complain about it. That just, that's all I'm saying. Andrew, top movies in 1995. There's a lot. Uh, big year for movies. Um, I'm trying to think of 1990. Titanic was 97, I think. Jurassic Park was 93? Yep. So Jurassic Park was likely still like one of the top grossing movies of all time mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, Toy Story 2, maybe? One? Okay. Here are your top 10 movies in 1995 in terms of highest gross. Number 10, Jumanji. Oh, yeah. Number 9, Waterworld. Yeah. Number 8, Casper. Yeah. Coming in at 7, it's 7. <laughs> R-rated. Number 6, Batman Forever. Number 5, Pocahontas. Number 4, Goldeneye. Number 3, Apollo 13. Number 2, Toy Story. And number one, 1995's Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yes. Great movie. Two R-rated movies in the top ten. Finally. It's about fucking time. Um, uh, Waterworld is an original property. Jumanji's not. Toy Story's an original property. Die Hard's a sequel. Batman's a sequel. But yeah, can you believe that? Only one superhero movie. I mean, John John McClane's a superhero, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, so, yeah, John McClane's a superhero, and James Bond's a superhero, right? Kind of, yeah. Goldeneye. That was a great one. Yeah. Xena on a top. Z- yeah. Yeah. I'm, they- sure, I'm sure you'll stay on a top of things, James. <laughs> and then she, and he- breaks, she breaks guys' uh, necks with her legs? Yeah, while they're screwing. Yeah. But it's not, they don't commit to it. I don't think it's their neck. I think it's, it's their spine. No, it? no, it's, no. She, she asphyxiates them. Oh, that's right. That's right. She wraps her legs around them. And then they, they can't breathe anymore. And then they can't breathe and they die. If she wrapped her legs around them, it would be too obvious that they were giving her oral that is true. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Just a butt. Just, <laughs> just a jiggling butt. Played by Famke Janssen. Yes. Who would go on to play Jean Grey in the uh, X-Men movies. I am invincible. Yes. Alan Cummings is in it. Sean Bean's in it. He dies. He does Spoiler die. alert. For England, James. For no. me. For me. And he just drops him off. The, and then the, and then, then the whole that's, goddamn that's thing That's not falls enough. On him. That's not enough for this bad guy. We have to drop a satellite on him. Great movie. Great movie. Great video game. James Bond shows up in the tank. That part's great, too. Yeah. Just, the car's driving, and you see him come in the distance and break through some walls. But we're not talking about Goldeneye, Mark. We're not talking Mark. about Goldeneye. We're talking about... Deadly Whispers, and we're talking about What Do You Know? Nineteen ninety five, Mark. What do you know about nineteen ninety five aside from Goldeneye? What movies were coming out? Well, Andrew, I mean, we're talking about new well, we're talking about new takes on classics. Cause Die Hard Three is kind of a big departure from Die Hard One and Two. Yep. Uh, GoldenEye, obviously a big reset button on the Bond films. Yes. Uh, Toy Story represents a new digital age of animation. People want to see things that are different. People want to see things that are different, and we're also getting... But familiar still. Getting into the digital age. Yeah. 1995, we're right on that doorstep. Batman Forever is, of course... uh, It's basically a reboot of the the Burton Batman franchise. Mm Mm-hmm. People want things that are big and flashy. They want uh, they want excitement, mm-hmm. and uh, that's what they're going for with their entertainment. They want escapist entertainment. Yes, that's big and new. Right. Here's what happened in 1995, Mark. Cast your mind back to that those glory days of, disturbingly enough, 21 years ago. <laughs> um. Bill Clinton is our current is would be our president mm-hmm. at the time, uh, uh, running I, at that point would have been running towards this against election. Dole. Yes, in '96. Uh, in March, March 1st, Yahoo is founded in Santa Clarita, California. Excuse me, Santa Clara, California. Now, I thought you were going to properly pronounce that web service. Oh, Yahoo. The the pronunciation guide is all correct here <laughs> april 19th a very famous important day in terms of uh kennedy assassination yes the kennedy assassination no oklahoma city bombing took place on april 19th 1995 okay um the unabomber's manifesto is printed kaczynski yeah million man march occurs oj simpson is found not guilty in 1995 you must acquit and they did and that's and that's what they did uh, so a lot of stuff going on in 1995. Final Calvin and Hobbes oh, is printed in the newspapers. And on March 26th, 1995, the Columbia Broadcasting System, CBS, March airs. T- March 25th? So uh, pretty close to when we watched it. Uh, March 26th, I believe. Okay. Let me, uh, yeah, March to Sunday. It's a Sunday. Sunday, March 26th, 9 o'clock, CBS, Deadly Whispers airs. Directed by a man that uh, you and I are actually uh, somewhat familiar with as well. Uh, I don't know if you were, if you knew this. Directed by Bill Norton. Now, Bill Norton has directed something that you and I have seen as well. Die Hard 2. No. Oh. Directed 
uh, the television, the 1972 television movie classic Gargoyles. Oh, yes, 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 <laughs> of course. A- Andrew and I saw Gargoyles at the, uh, the Scarathon, at the Horathon. Um, it was, what, how would you describe that movie? Bad. Okay. Uh, but, um, it seemed like they owned two gargoyle costumes. They were just like, go two, nuts. Yeah, two lizard creature costumes, but they were like, make it look like there's a million of them. Do you know that that movie won an Emmy? I've. You want to know what for? Best special effects. Best makeup. Best gargoyles. Yes. <laughs> the best gargoyles. <laughs> they're just, yeah, the, the other gargoyle movie, they're just, I'm, they're like, I'm not going to clap. I'm not going to clap. I'm not clapping. No, they're going to clap if they win. There is a uh, St. Elsewhere episode featuring <laughs> gargoyles, and they're like, motherfuckers. <laughs> that's, a ro- that's a robbery. You just saw a robbery. <laughs> Howie Mandel is so upset. Just losing it. Uh, no, uh, it's, uh, this Deadly Whispers starring Tony Danza, as mm-hmm. we discussed, based on a book, a 1992 book also entitled Deadly Whispers, right? which is supposedly based on a true story ripped from the headlines, ripped directly from the headlines, uh, apparently involving the true account of the murder of Kathy Carol Bonnie, uh, at some point is a true crime novel one of those things yeah. and then they decided to turn it up into this movie yeah so mark let's jump directly in let's get let's get talking about this movie let's get dirty let's 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 hit the high spots tony danza right your favorite boss if there was ever any question i mean it's go it's a packing it's a very close time it's, between kelsey Grammer and tony danza right Constantly asking, who is the fucking boss? Oh, man. That would have been such a crazy, crazy turn for Tony Danza to show up in an episode of Boss. Boss. As the former mayor. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But then some people are confused, and they're like, Like, wait a minute. Who's 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 boss? Who's boss here? Who is the boss? I'm the motherfucking mayor of Chicago. Shit. Fuck. They're fucking us hard. Tony Danza (laughs) plays a Southern father who is very possessive of his His daughter. uh, Basically everyone in his family, but specifically his older daughter, his oldest daughter, who is 19 years old. Teenager. Uh, He is constantly making sure she's doing the right thing. You know, you you gotta, you don't be messing with all them boys. Yeah. Overbearing Christian father. Daughter's kind of... You know, rebellious teenager wearing midriff exposing outfits. Very nineties. Yeah. Very nineties. She's she's screwing around with like a mechanic that works at his his shop. His auto wrecking. Yeah, it's like a thing. salvage yard. Yeah. And uh, but he doesn't approve. His wife is uh, Pamela uh, Pamela Reed, kindergarten cop. Of course, she uh, she is the kind of. How would you describe her? She's like strong, but also kind of like the supportive mother. Like I, I don't know. I don't. I, she didn't. She's stereotypical stand by your man wife. Yes, she goes along with everything that Tony Danza says and defers to him. But once he leaves the room, she there's a scene where she sits down with the daughter and she's like. You know know how your father is. Yeah, you know how your father is. It's just us gals. I know this is a tough time, but he loves you. Mm -hmm. And then 
Then Tony Danza Tony comes Danza back watches in. watches the Waltons. Cut. Yes, he does with his with his other kids. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's he has these wild shifts of personality almost. Well, I I mean, should we get just get right into no, this? No, no. Okay. Well, he, it's it's like a, almost like mood shifts. It's, yeah, when he when he's with his kids watching the Waltons, he's very playful. Yeah, and he's like stealing popcorn from them, and like he's like messing around, he's messing playing. around with his kids. He's like, oh, I'm gonna eat all the popcorn, and then he walks into the kitchen and he sees his wife and his daughter, and his mood like immediately shifts, and then yeah, he's, he's all like, shitty and pissy again. He's like you you learn you learn how to act right now, dude. You learn. You get you on learn, over get here. Get on over here. You get get on back here. Nah, uh, Tony Danza. All I could imagine is, and this will probably mean nothing to you, but all he did was do a Bray Wyatt impression the whole time. The wrestler. Bray Wyatt is the Swamp Man wrestler who is just constantly talking about how he's the eater of worlds and the fall of the buzzards. And Tony Danza's accent is about on par with Bray Wyatt. Well, Bray Bray Wyatt is supposed to be a. Like a swamp cultist. He's a cultist, yeah, yeah. So I just, every time Tony Danza comes in, all I just imagine is him going, just, I am the eater of worlds! <laughs> the true champion! Because it's this really put-upon accent. Yeah. It's just it's just a bit much. Well, it's weird because it's, uh, Tony Danza has his... No, I ain't got no daughter walking around. Just saying whatever. You got to listen to my voice. Well, his starting point my is mouth, thick, the mouth of madness, thick West Coast Italian accent or East Coast Italian accent. Right. That's Ooh. like his starting point. That's how he talks, and then he's covering it up with this Southern accent. So you end up with, I mean, it's almost Yosemite Sam. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. It's not distracting. It's just like you know how we know how Tony Danza talks. We've seen enough. Yeah, enough. Who's the boss? And enough taxi to know it's it's oh. new, you know this thick Italian Mona Samantha. Also, for some reason, his children don't have accents. No, they're just kids. They're just generic. Except for the Cal- ni- except for the nineteen year old, the the oldest daughter. Yes, but does, um, does this? She's like. I ain't gonna get pushed around by no man. Yeah, like, just very. I'm like, just, I'm just fooling around, Daddy. Yeah, yeah. Un- unfortunately, she will not be in this film for too long <laughs> because Tony Danza are, is given a talking to by his wife, who says maybe you should lay off your daughter a little bit. She's growing up, and if you push too hard, she's going to leave us. And yeah. Tony Danza says, "Listen to my voice, woman." Um. So he <laughs> he says, "Listen to my voice, woman." Yeah, all right. Yeah, okay. I guess I could do that. So uh, after sitting in his rocking chair for a while, and yeah. describing about how the madness of man is is, <laughs> is befallen us, <laughs> he off screen has taken the daughter to a test drive of a truck so that she could have her own truck be her own but still live at home yes you want to give kids a little bit of yeah you want to keep them at arm's length yeah tony danza races home and announces that the daughter is missing that she went on this with she went on this test drive in a red chevy pickup truck with some boy with some guy and uh, never came back. And they're like, well, she'll come back later. Don't worry about it. And then at nighttime falls and she hasn't returned. Then the day yeah. happens and she hasn't returned. So they decide to call Ving Rhames, 
who is a detective. Well, the neighbor comes by to say it's okay, played by Catherine Manheim. Yeah, she'll be back. Don't yeah. worry about it. Wearing like the finest nightgowns, the frumpiest nightgown pajamas. I've ever seen. Yeah, just not, apparently that's all you do. That's how you dress in the South. It's just nothing but pajamas. Oh God, pajamas and aprons. I wish. God, that would be great. Maybe, oh man, God damn it, that, I could do that all day. So finally, the police are called in. Ving Rhames plays the lead detective. You know how many times I went into Big Brother at 9 o'clock and would leave at 5 a.m. And I'd be like, if only I, I, was I, could, wearing, I could wear PJs. You could probably wear Who PJs. would give a shit? No one would what, give a what are they going to say? Gonna what are they going to do? Oh, you have to be more professional than this, Mark. Yeah, it's like, oh, now I'm, videotape these people pooping. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'll just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, what we do. that's all the show is <laughs> and, I, and we say videotape we never say yeah, we're, we're filming no. or we're shooting right now <laughs> we say, video, we're videotaping videotape these, <laughs> these people pooping yes it's a competition we need this coverage <laughs> i need a two camera setup on this guy taking a deuce <laughs> he's left go. the door open so give me a close-up for christ's sake punch in there not on I his face fa- <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> Go to where the action is. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> so, um, uh, pajama wearing Catherine Manheim. Yeah, says, they're all just don't fine. don't worry. She'll be back at some point. I don't know. Maybe she's scared off by your husband and his big bushy beard. Always screaming about <laughs> being insane. That just seems like the neighbors are talking. Yeah, he comes and I can hear them all. <laughs> Every. He comes home late every Monday night. <laughs> the bruises all bruises over all him. all over, screaming, follow the buzzards. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Ever since he got that brand new belt of his, he's just been... <laughs> he's been showing off to yeah. everyone, saying he's, he's better been than them. Shitting, in the, shitting on the soft cotton. <laughs> anyway, uh, she does not come back. No. No, she doesn't. So they decide to launch a... A you know search. search party to try and find this red Chevy pickup truck and right the, and the lost Tony, daughter Tony Danza is just saying I, I you know this isn't this was this is your fault this mm. is all your fault trying to talk all this nonsense I'm the true voice. Bing Rames shows up a little while later with a picture because they find a body. They do find a body, and he shows them this picture of this girl who's been stripped down to just her underwear. Yeah, who's been shot multiple times, and they can't the, to the point of non-recognition. Yeah, and uh, they show. He says, "I think this is your daughter," and he shows them the picture, and they're like, "That's not my daughter." Right. That's not my daughter. You are not the father of this dead woman. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> start dancing. Yeah, they both do dances. <laughs> it's very weird. So they both, um, but they both look at the picture and they conclude, both. Look, this was weird, this right? Was weird. They both conclude that they're not that. That's not their daughter. So Ving Rhames is like, okay. So mm-hmm. he leaves, but then he comes back a little later, and he's like, well, we ran fingerprints, and that's turns your out daughter. that is your daughter. And then they have they like open mouth cry. They really just emote into the cheap seats again, right? And then we probably go to a commercial for, I mean, like a, God willing, F- filet fish Fridays because it's Lent. Yeah. Maybe like a Fruitopia ad. Yeah, probably. Yeah, or like a yo-yo ball ad. One of those weird um, claymation Chevron ads. Were they doing those in the mid-90s? Uh, yeah, maybe, where the cars talk. Yeah. Yeah, I bet, they, I bet that was one of them. Okay. 
So uh, Ving Rhames starts to ask the question. He's like, "We've been looking for this red Chevy for a while, and your husband has given up this is given up this information about this person, but uh, we when, don't. There's no red Chevy that's that's uh, licensed to any of the counties in the in the area. Yeah, it's nothing like this, and nobody." That your husband has described, it fits this description. So we're right. looking for a non-existent truck driven by a non-existent person. And unfortunately, the last person who did see your daughter was your husband. Was your husband? So we're just we're just asking. I'm just asking the questions. I'm just asking the questions that we just wanted. To know. I just want to know if your swamp cultist husband <laughs> maybe killed your daughter. And if it wasn't him. Do you know who? Is it The Undertaker? <laughs> Could it have been his swamp cultist buddies, <laughs> Luke Harper, Eric Rowan, or Braun Strowman? <laughs> and he's, <laughs> he's got this running crew with him at all if, times. If Braun is in the house and you can't say anything, just, I want you to just look at me and nod. Just, yeah, nod or just tap your foot a couple times on the porch. Yeah. Um, so she tapped her foot a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> Braun's in the house. Go get I'll be right back. You're my favorite customer. So anyway, she gets upset. She yells at the police officer. She says, who are, the, who are the two black guys who were thieves that were? Oh, crime time. Get me crime time. <laughs> JTG and Shad Gaspar. <laughs> Get them on the blower now. Uh, so um, she, she kicks him out of the house and she's like, I stand by my man. My man, he's a good man. Yeah, he never laid a finger on them kids. And they say, well, we don't necessarily believe that. So CPS shows up and takes her just kids as up well. up and takes just, her kids. They're just like, well, your husband may have killed his daughter, so we're just going to take these kids as right. well. Right. And it's so weird because the cop and CPS show up, or Child Protective Services show up, and they're like, so we're taking your kids now? And she's like, what? No! And they're like, we sent you like a thing in the mail. Did you get our phone call? Did, yeah. Did you get the phone call? <laughs> we, we called you. And she's like, oh, I didn't know. I, I didn't hear it. And yeah, they're like, like oh. 728 She's like, I'm 728 And then they're like, oh. oh, this is a mess. Because now we have to go find them and take their kids, too. <laughs> but we're, I mean, we're already here. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 I mean. If I go back without a kid, we're, they're going to be. We're up shit's creek So if here, you honestly. have a kid, if you have another kid, you can point us towards. But we have to, <laughs> we, we have need, to I, I have to go kid. in with a kid. Yeah. They're going to ask questions. They won't reimburse me for mileage if I don't come back with a kid. <laughs> so they take her kids. And again, it's a screaming, crying fit. So yeah. it does read to your fact that it's like, this is a very lifetime ask. Right. But finally. After- Tony Danza shows up right as the kids are leaving. And what I think of is like, look, we have the, we have eight minutes to get this to get these two scenes done how are we going to do this and it's like uh cop car leaves tony danza pulls up she's screaming and wailing tony danza jumps out of the car he's like what the fuck is going on here and she's like eat a dick and then she walks away that's how we do it they're like really we had like eight pages of dialogue that we needed to get through now just lunch is in 20 we have to get this done now just make sure she tells him to eat a dick and then we'll be fine (laughs) eat just the fattest dick It says everything, and the writer's like, it's true. It's true. It's, it's true. true. Sometimes I, I, I could see that character say, Sometimes less dick. is more. <laughs> <laughs> Except in the case of the dick, so in which case, he, the biggest dick. Yeah, the, the biggest, fattest dick yeah. you can find. So public opinion is mounting against the fact that Tony Danza, they're like, Tony Danza probably killed his daughter. Yeah. And she's the last one. She's like, no, no, no. He did he not never, do that. He wouldn't do that. He wouldn't he did, do that. He did not. 
<laughs> I did, he did not. He did not kill his daughter. Yeah. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. Uh, so it finally turns out that uh, she, he decides to leave, right? He gets in his truck and he leaves. He says, I'm going to find that truck. I'm going to, oh, that'll show oh, that, you. That's right. That's right. So he's, he says he's going to go find the truck. So he drives off and then he calls and says triumphantly, I found the truck. Yes. So and he's like, I, you tell him. You tell him I found that truck. I will. This, I will tell this him. Was a no, really, I will tell him. This was a really weird scene because. Tell him I found it. I, I will. I will tell him. Uh, yeah. Did you tell them? It's basically they had two lines and they're like, well, fuck. We, we should have moved the schedule around so this was before lunch because now we've got nothing but time. So just, just, just do, a, do a couple options. Just keep. Yeah. Give us options. It's I like, will. You you I tell will. him I found that truck. I, I told will. him I was going to find that truck. I and, will. And she's like, I, I knew you would. You found that truck. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I found that truck. Yeah. And then. Yeah, I found it. I found it. And then they don't find the truck. <laughs> they show up to where Tony Danza says that he found the truck. But it turns out that it's just one of his cars from the scrapyard, from the salvage yard, with a lot of blood and a gun inside the truck. Yeah. Inside the station wagon. So now it's pretty apparent that Tony Danza probably killed his Probably daughter. did kill his daughter. Uh, did you was did you think that he had killed his daughter up to this point, or second option, did you not give a shit? <laughs> it was a bit boring up to this point, so okay. I was just kind of slogging through it. Uh, th- the mother, Pamela Reed, races back to uh, make sure that her kids, which who are currently in protective services, are okay. While Tony Danza drives off and imagines his daughter, who is dead, sitting in the passenger seat with him while he talks about protecting her. Dressed as a sister wife. Yes. She is. He finally, someone listened to the mouth of madness. Yeah. <laughs> My daughter, Sister Abigail. Now, did you notice the, the cold thing? Uh, yes, that he would come. Tony Danza occasionally complains that he is always cold. Right. And people are like, it's sweltering. It's like, like, well, I want a thousand degrees. Goddamn jacket. Give me my fucking jacket. Three, two, one. Here I am with my fucking jacket. (laughs) And so I didn't, I, it was a quirk, but it's a weird thing. I thought it it didn't seem like it was going anywhere. So Tony Danza eventually is captured, correct? Yeah, kind of easily. Yeah, they just kind of get him. They're like, there he is. Oh, okay. And then they just. They, I, does he? Does he even like? Sh- doesn't he just like show up at like like he shows up to get the kids and they're like, hey, you can't come we in. We got here. you. And, and he's, he's like, like oh, oh, okay, <laughs> okay, I guess. <laughs> uh, yes, he's arrested and then is led in a. He's led to the uh, police station on a perp walk, and reporters he, go, uh, "Did you kill your daughter?" Did you kill your daughter, and sir? This, and this is where he this is where he legitimately pulls off he pulls a Bray Wyatt here. He's like, whatever the character's name is, it's uh uh, uh Angela. Tom. No, his name is Tom. It's like Tom Bonet, right? Yeah, sure. So he's like, Tom Bonet did not kill his daughter. I killed his daughter. Yes. And, and then you're like Oh. oh, he's got a thing going on. He's got on. multiple he's personality like disorder. Okay. Fuck. Oh, God. That's the fucking worst. Yeah. And then you look at your YouTube. And you see there's another half hour. Like, we've got like, 30 minutes oh. left. You're like, oh, God. This is the true mouth of madness. So, I didn't realize 
Bryant was such a uh, HP Lovegraph fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bray Wyatt is yeah. yes, he's he's Dalgo shall be the true god. <laughs> Cthulhu is a friend of mine. Uh, he he then is put on trial, and it's and he's interviewed by a psychologist and. Uh, Pamela Reed watches as he recounts these multiple personalities. So essentially, his father, his father, was an abusive father who constantly berated him. And so he's locked into this particular memory of him being forced to cut the grass at like 11 o'clock at night. With scissors. With scissors. And he's constantly complaining that he's cold and wet while his dad like yells at him. Yeah. And so he threatens to stab his dad, but his dad's like... You're nothing but a coward. Yeah. You want to take me on? You take me on. You're a little bastard. You're just a little bastard. A little gutless bastard. Yeah. And uh, 11-year-old Tony Danza doesn't stab his father. But when he uh, takes his daughter and pulls off to the side of the road to try and talk some sense into her by not banging one of his coworkers who's married... married. She yells at him, and he kind of goes cuckoo bananas, and then she calls him a bastard, right. which then triggers the kill bill. And then he takes, he takes out the gun that I guess he always has with him. In his glove box. Yeah, and just shoots her to and, death. Uh, they, well, she pulls out the gun, and then they struggle for it. All he right. gets the gun. Then she calls him a bastard. Then he just he unloads the clip yeah. into her. And then apparently strips her and tosses her in the river. I, I mean, guess. That's not, that part is kind of Yeah, we murky. never get into that. So t- he's insane with multiple personality disorder. And anytime that Pamela Reed goes and talks to him, he's like, so how are the kids? Yeah. Are they good? How's my daughter? How's my princess? My little princess. I kept my princess safe. And she's like, she's, she's dead. She's, she's dead, Tom. She's not coming back. Uh, yes, which... And then he turns into his Bray Wyatt impression. He's like, you little bitch. <laughs> which was... Your mother was a bitch and you were nothing but a bitch. A, um... It gets into Vince McMahon almost. It's very, very weird. It's yes. Jefferson's Stupid dad. bitch. <laughs> Jefferson. <laughs> I killed her. I like, uh... Bitch. The the one thing that I liked about the ending was the mother's read of she's dead. Like <laughs> oh yeah, it's, she's it's so this, fucking it's fed this up with defeated, it. Defeated like she's the final. The one of the final scenes is her going to the jail and talking through a two way glass. Which my favorite thing is always when. I don't know why it's a they, bit of scene. They se- take the phone away from their ear. No, it's a bit. Of, no, it's scene work. It's oh. always this where whenever the first time. Somebody sits down in that two-way glass in the glass, and they have to pick up the receivers. One person will pick up the receiver and point to it mm-hmm. to instruct the other person to pick up the receiver. And like, if you watch enough of the like, and I was waiting for it too. I was like, <laughs> I bet she does it. Yeah. And for <laughs> she did it. I was like, why does everyone do this in like prison movies? They always pick up the receiver and point to it to, and it's like obviously, I you need to. There's a reason. There's, there's a receiver there. There's some studio. No, that no, needs- that's like people are dumb and they don't know that they have to use the phones. And it's like, yeah, they do. You have to, Everybody uh, does. So it's why they tie streamers to like fans and, and air conditioning grates. To exactly. Point out it's like air is flowing through yeah. this thing. Which is another thing where it's like nobody's ever done that. Why? <laughs> why is that a thing in movies? Have you ever been to somebody's home where they've done that? No. There's actually there is at work. 
somebody has tied one streamer to the air conditioning duct on the ceiling. Yeah. But usually it's like, you know, the power goes out and you see the streamers and they just drip. Yeah. yeah. And you're just like, well. Why were those streamers up there? The I mean, you have to show air flowing somehow, I guess. It's like a man with a bag of groceries and there's a baguette stack, you know, sticking out of the top. Yeah. Of it. It's like, it's, well, it shows it's groceries. Yeah. It's cinematic shorthand. But I don't know why they always have to point to the phone That's to get the other person to do. to do it. That's just what you have to do in a movie. But um, yes, her read at the end of going like, Tom, she's dead. Because <laughs> there's another version of that that you can imagine where he's like, I kept... Tom, she's dead. Or, that's right, Tom. She's she's in a better, she's safe now. She's better now. <laughs> but she's just like, just I'm, is this fucking movie done with? It's, she's, she's dead, all right? She's Why dead. are we still here? Yeah. <laughs> she tells Tom that she's leaving and she's not coming back. And then Tom is led away to his jail cell and she goes on. To get her kids back, and she becomes the owner of the salvage yard, and so she's strong, and she perseveres despite the fact that she was married to apparently an insane husband for twenty plus years, and never realized it, I guess, until he murdered his daughter. Yeah, uh, and that's pretty much Deadly Whispers. Now, the, the I mentioned the cold thing because. Watch after I found out that he has multiple personality disorder, which apparently it's it's acknowledged uh, now. It's called dissociative, yeah, identity not. disorder, uh, in the DSM five I think now. But like amongst the psychiatric community, there's still questions over like whether or not this is a thing, and. It's in the DSM-5, so I guess that's as good as we can do. But it it, but us- how, it usually doesn't how, look like this. Yeah, how involved it is. Yeah. Like, people say, can, I'd, like to talk, I'd like to talk to Jeremy. Talk to, yeah, let me talk to Jeremy. Let me talk to Jeremy. Jeremy's not here. No, Jeremy doesn't want to talk no, to you. No, get Jeremy for me. Okay, hang on. It, this is Jeremy speaking. Jeremy's, Jeremy's taking a deuce. <laughs> I, got, uh, Somebody, I got Alice here. Somebody's filming him. <laughs> They're going where the action they're video, is. <laughs> they're videotaping him for a TV show. I don't know why. Um, so Somebody, Somebody's screaming that it just looks like he's thinking really hard. <laughs> they can't tell. They what, have to tie streamers. The story they have to tie streamers to his butt. <laughs> to show what's happening. <laughs> um. But yes, it, it's not as pronounced as this, but anytime that Tony Danza is in his like childlike persona, right, he is cold. Right. That's when he was a little kid. But I don't But ne- we don't see those I wasn't willing to rewatch this the way that I have doesn't rewatched he, like, other things. Doesn't he like bang his wife when he's doing that? Like there's that <laughs> No, seriously. I don't remember. There's a scene there's a scene where he's like He's, he's in bed and he's freezing and yeah. she's like, did you turn the heater up? And then he's under like a bunch of blankets and right. she gets into bed with them and they talk about the girl. They talk about the daughter and then like, he, you know, they look at each other face to face and then he like goes in and starts making out with his, with his wife. And I, I you maybe, think, yeah. You think to yourself like, wait a minute. So like, she was having sex with a boy at that like point. A, like, a 12, like a horny 12 year old boy. Yeah. Apparently 12 year old boys. Uh, yeah. So I don't just smacking her boobies around like, like he doesn't even fun. know what to do. This is fun. 
I, this is fine. I, I don't want to get you pregnant, so I won't pee in your butthole. <laughs> like, we should not... do something where you poop into my butt, and then I poop my poop back that's, into your that's butt. That's not what sex is. I don't. No, I heard it. I heard that's what that's J- what Jeff Tommy, told me. Jeffy told me that. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Jeffy wouldn't lie. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's go where the there action is. <laughs> I can't cover this. <laughs> There's. I'm gonna need you. You might go get the second shift. Call, call up some people. I'm, I I don't want to call another off, but I'm doing it. <laughs> it's gonna get cut anyway. Uh, we 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 can't use this. This is a story. <laughs> this is worthless. Deadly whispers. Um, not great. Not great. Um, what? Out of all of the ones that we've watched. What are the good ones? Killdozer and... Oh, really? Mark, the good ones? Oh, come on. I thought we are just 2016, please. <laughs> Killdozer and Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> We've all known. Archie Bunker was right. Um, Killdozer is probably the best movie we've seen so far. Uh, the day, uh, the day, the day after, after is good. Powerful and very. It's it's good. The, they're good for two different reasons. Yeah. The day after is good because of how impactful it is and powerful it is. Killdozer has a killdozer, so, so you automatically know how good that is. Yeah. Meanwhile, this kind of clangs. This doesn't. I mean, all you wanted to see. The only reason we watched is because T- Tony Danza has the worst Southern <laughs> accent. <laughs> Andrew really wanted to bring out his. I, that's yeah. I just I'm, I've had that in my pocket the whole time. Yeah. Um, and uh, then what did we watch last time? That's probably the worst. Flight 401. Yeah, Flight 401 has been the worst. This is above Flight 401, but only because it's got. If it didn't have Tony Danza doing a weird impression, yeah. a weird accent, then like well, if it was like an actual uh, like like Walton Goggins or somebody doing it. Yeah, it wouldn't be as fun. No, it wouldn't. Like that's a that's a actor who can do that character and bring the right amount of crazy to it. Yeah. But Tony Danza also plays such a nice guy in basically everything that he's in. You also I guess they they were casting against type on this. Definitely. But... This was supposed to be Tony Danza's like break breakthrough return as like the role that you never thought you'd see him play. But instead, it's just him doing this this weird streetcar name desire. <laughs> this, yeah, it's Tennessee Williams play over here. Yeah. Oh goodness, I <laughs> believe I've got the vapors. Like that's that's what this is. But you never. Uh, what I would have loved, what I would have loved, is for him to turn to do that kind of turn in discussing what he was going to do to the person that if he had harmed his daughter. Oh. Like I'm gonna find him. Exactly. You want you like you want that like. He's gonna go under the ring with me. <laughs> I will take him to the limits and go beyond. It's a cage match that he's going to have. Well, no, it's like you, you, what you, you know, it's like, she's like, he's a protector. There, there's no reason he would harm his, his kids. But then there's just like, you put that like seed of doubt where it's just like the way he explains it, you know, it's just this manicness to yeah, his. And a preciseness to it. That you're like, oh, Okay. I will take his bottom jaw and wear it as a crown. The crown of fools. Um, yeah, that would have been great. <laughs> the, the thing that you're speaking to is that there's no threat. Yeah. Like, she, the, the Pamela Reed doesn't feel threatened by him mm-hmm. because there's no hint that he would have done this. 
So like, and I guess as an audience member, you're supposed to be surprised and feel sorry for him when you find out that he is a, he did kill her and he has multiple personality disorder. But it would have made a much more enjoyable film if she found out that like he did kill her and he's dangerous and he's scary and she doesn't know if she can trust him because throughout the whole movie, she, she never decides that until after he's been taken away. Yeah, after it's already been proven that, that if he did it. Yeah. Like, there should have been, I mean, obviously, if it's based on a true story, you're kind of locked into whatever, but she should have maybe defended him up until, like, you know, we, they never would have had conclusive proof or something like that, because, yeah. you know, it's like, he walks out, and he's like, Tom didn't kill him! Ah, I killed him! You know, it's like, well, you're giving the whole thing away. Yeah. She should have stood up to him until there was, like, conclusive evidence being made since you know. He killed her. And she's like, like the whole world is crumbling apart. Right. Now. She can't, she can't seem to trust the people that she trusts. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how you fix it, other than just give Tony Danza more lines to follow <laughs> a southern accent. I think you know exactly how to fix it. There should have been that court rewrite scene. him to be more Bray, Bray Wyatt. Wyatt. Yeah, he sits in a rocking chair and just sends Braun Strowman to speak for his on, on his behalf at, on, on the witness the stand. Trail, yeah. And then he just stands and just paces back and forth <laughs> and then laughs the whole time. Well, that was Deadly Whispers, Marco. Let's let's talk about you, some of your favorite segments. Uh, first of all, no small roles. No small role this time. Andrew, I was tempted to give this to Catherine Mannheim. Okay, all right, but oh, she's a larger woman. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> really, it's two thousand sixteen. I mean, yeah, honestly, come, come on, for Christ's sake, Jesus Christ. But unfortunately, Catherine Mannheim doesn't do anything. No, she shows up and she drinks some tea or something. And she's like, don't worry, she'll be back. Yeah. I got to give it to the kindly old woman that gets the kids in Child Protective Services. This was a bizarre scene where uh, (laughs) after the kids get taken away... Andrew knows what I'm talking about. No, I have have another option. Oh, after the kids get taken away, um, the kindly old woman is just staring out her front window and Pamela Reed is just standing there. What you have to assume is 500 feet from her property Mm -hmm. holding like children's bags and then just staring at the house. And then Bing Raim shows up and he's like, uh, what's, what's going on here? And the old woman says, that woman's just been standing here for hours. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, for God's sake. It's like, it's like, ah, the, the, Fucking squirrels are eating the the dandelions again. Jeez, oh, for Christ's sake! My uh, my favorite no small role is there's there's a scene where both um, Tony Danza and Pamela Reed are brought into the police station. Right. Tony Danza shepherded into one room while Pamela Reed is shepherded into the room with Ving Rhames, who starts to imply that he thinks that the husband might have had something to do with it. She gets mad and she says, "Well, if you're not, I've seen enough TV shows and read enough books that." I know my rights. If you're not going to charge me with anything, we're leaving. Yeah. So she gets up and she walks into, and Ving Rhames is for some reason shouting at her. He's like, yeah, it's, it's dangerous. Miss, no, he's going, Mrs. Bowley! Mrs. Bowley! <laughs> By God! <laughs> um, so uh, she, she goes into um, uh, she goes into Tony Danza's room and she goes, come on, come on, Tom, we're leaving. And she gets up and my favorite thing is, there's another sergeant that's sitting at the desk, and they get up and leave, and he looks to Ving Rhames, and Ving Rhames looks to him, and he kind of, it's just this, like, shrug. He doesn't say any lines. He's just like, 
<laughs> what? Now, when Ben Grahams comes into the room, mm-hmm. you're going to look at him, mm-hmm. and you're going to think about what just happened to you. Like, that's really weird. I want you to feel that weirdness. Okay. And I want you to connect with him. You guys have been working together for 15 years. <laughs> okay? Yes. And I want you to shrug. But like a knowing shrug. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's just let's just roll on this. Let's just go. Let's shoot the rehearsal. Let's see that shrug. <laughs> Mrs. Boney! Mrs. Boney! Uh. Mm. Good. Good. Go. Moving on. Here we go. Check the gate. Yeah. Videotape it. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're videotaping the next scene. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh yeah that's that's deadly whispers anything else you want to talk about with this this wonderful piece of piece of work i didn't find anything that used to be okay other than it used to be perfectly fine in the mid 90s to be like multiple personality disorder yeah i guess, I guess. that's the twist all right yeah fuck it yeah he's got he's got he's got a cra- he's got a crazy he's cuckoo like crazy brain. right yeah, he's like a nutty nutty cuckoo brain and like He's like, at least, I will say this, though. I will say this for Tony Danza. I'm glad that in terms of his character work, he did not do, like, a kid voice. Like, do you, Yeah, he just plays it more playfully. He plays it playfully, and when he's talking to the therapist in, like, the hypnotherapy, and he's talking as himself as a young kid. It's so cool. Exactly. See, that's what I, I like, it, it kind of rang of, like, if somebody else had done it, or maybe a less veteran actor, they yeah. would have tried to do like a, you know, it's almost like an actor's workshop thing where it's like, now, now you're a twelve year old boy. Yeah. It's so give me, give me that, give me that energy. Take me there. I didn't think about it, but uh, spoiler alert for Bates Motel. Um, Freddie Highmore plays Norman Bates, mm-hmm. and he sometimes plays. He sometimes pretends to be Nor his mother, Norma Bates, and this happens in the movie mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So spoiler for a movie that came out like <laughs> 60, 70 years ago. What are you talking about? That Gus Van Zandt film came out in like ninety seven. That's right. <laughs> um, he uh, he do- he doesn't pl- when he plays his mother. He doesn't do the oh my heavens. Mm-hmm. He's just talking like himself but a slightly higher register yeah a little it's, bit it's like a different you know it's, you might talk up here yeah instead of doing oh, oh mr <laughs> featherbottom <laughs> nora bates tonight will be played by uh <laughs> oh, what's her name did, did something with a d yeah nora I, Des- I, desmond no no i know who you're talking about yeah. the, the, the the female counterpart to the marx brothers yes <laughs> mr firefly why I never, Captain Spaulding? <laughs> That's dumb. Uh, but yeah, no, and I'm glad that Tony Danza didn't do that because yeah. you could imagine I've you know you and I living here in Los Angeles and of doing the kind of creative stuff that we've done. I've seen enough actors try and do like doing, doing the stuff we do, doing doing the stuff, doing the black box theater <laughs> stuff of like the one you know the one man monologue. Oh yeah. <laughs> growing up on my street yeah, exactly. i'd see a lot of characters like old jimmy at the pawn shop yeah you would get off my porch you wouldn't believe who sold me what the other day now get out of here and then then of course there's my next door neighbor's son tommy durant ayo let's go down to the park and see a mets game now get off my lawn. <laughs> I was homeless at the time. 
Every Sunday we go down to the church for Father O'Houlihan's sermon. Oh, <laughs> I deleted it. Yeah, yeah, that's what. That's what. That's yeah. Mark, you and I just. Every every Saturday, I have to go to another one of these one man monologue these, shows. Yeah, these black box. They're free on Gold Star. What else am I going to do with exactly? My and some friend of a friend's like, yeah, we got this thing, and then they don't show up. It's pretty great. Yeah, and they're like <laughs> parking, and you're like, it's intermission, and they're like, smiley face, and you're like, what? You're you're at home. You didn't come. <laughs> you fucked me. You fucked you me. You fucked me. That's going to do it, though, for Deadly Whispers. Mark, next time. Yeah, what are we watching next week? We will be watching the next time. We will be watching something, some some wonderful bit of, uh, uh, of nostalgia yeah. from 2005. Oh, you found something more recent. 2005. This cinematic classic from the FX network. FX has the movies. It was an ordinary morning, but it would become a day we would never forget. The bank robbery that became the most intense shootout in LAPD history. Our units, we are on a citywide tackle alert. Suspects armed with AK-47. And reminded America why police officers are heroes. Michael Madsen, Ron Livingston, Mario Van Peebles. Get that man out of here! Based on a true story. There's nothing we have against the 44 minutes. That's yeah. right. We are watching 44 Minutes, the North Hollywood Shootout. I remember the North Hollywood Shootout, and I remember this movie. Well, this is I wanted to watch this because we talked about before about whether or not basing it on real events was in poor taste. Yeah. And neither of us necessarily could remember the flight, flight 401, the ghost of Flight 401. Right. I'm talking about I don't remember the movie, is what <laughs> I'm saying. But uh, you were obviously lived in the area during... I remember seeing this and thinking it's exactly like Heat. <laughs> the, the the actual incident. The incident, yeah. The I remember seeing the footage. Incident. And I was like, this is just like that movie Heat. Yeah. I uh, just went to my new dentist's office uh, last week, and it's a block from that bank there was of America. a shootout. Yeah. <laughs> At the dentist's office. <laughs> I said, every one of you motherfuckers! <laughs> I was like, she's really upset about this crown oh, she's like, going to get. Yeah. But yes, we will be watching 44 Minutes, the North Hollywood shootout starring Ron Livingston, Michael Madsen, and Mario Van Peebles, airing first on the FX network in 2005. That's available on YouTube, as is all of the movies that we will be watching for this show. Mark, anything else? Some of them might end up being on Netflix. Maybe. There's two specifically that I would like to watch at some point that I know are not on Netflix. Tough shit. You're going to want to see Cocaine One Man Seduction. I don't need cocaine <laughs> to keep my ideas alive. They're fired by the passion of madness. <laughs> BOTBpodcast at gmail.com is the email. If you'd like to uh, let us know how you feel about That's going to do it, everybody. We'll see you next time. Television week. Movie. TV movie. Night. TV, TV night of the movies. TV, TV movie week. TV movie, movie of the week, week. night. Movie. 100, 100, 100 years of TV, TV movies. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>